Ernest, what's up? Look, in the world of personal finance management, finding the right tool is crucial. If you've been relying on Mint to keep your personal finances in check, I got a mix of news for you. Mint is closing down. But here's a silver lining. Monarch Money is stepping up as the go-to financial app and users, including myself, are making the switch with a smile. Before Monarch, juggling my finances felt like navigating a stormy sea. Other apps either lacked features or were too cumbersome. Then came Monarch Money. Its ease of use, powerful features, and sleek design turned financial management from a chore into a breeze. The constant updates, well, that's the cherry on top. But what truly set it apart for me was its collaboration feature. Money matters constrain relationships, but Monarch brings peace to the table. The app's collaboration tools allowed my partner and I to seamlessly manage our finances together. We aligned on our budgets, tracked our cash flow, and even planned our future goals all in one place. Speaking of goals, be it saving for a down payment, your dream vacation, or your children's education, Monarch simplifies it all. It's no wonder the Wall Street Journal hailed it as the best budgeting app. This isn't just an app. It's the next generation of personal finance management, ad-free, intuitive, and always evolving with you in mind. Now look, Monarch isn't just another app. It's the all-in-one solution. From effortlessly importing your data from Mint to customizing your dashboard to your heart's content, Monarch respects your privacy with a strict no-ads, no-data-selling policy. This is financial management as it should be, focused on you. Look, after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Mondays. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash Mondays for your extended 30-day free trial. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Can we get um, your backstory of how you even got into the position that you're in? Because, you know, I'm assuming you you didn't grow up wanting to work in the antitrust department for the, the Department of Justice. Maybe you did. But um, what was your journey like to get to where you are? And, and what are some of the, you know, the obstacles or hurdles that you may have faced or are still facing as a um, as a black woman um, in, in your position? Sure. So I uh, went to college and law school not having a real sense of uh, what I wanted to do uh, in terms of like a legal specialty. But I spent a summer working uh, at the United States Attorney's Office. And um, basically, that's the federal prosecutor's office. Um, there's one in uh, about 93 different federal districts in the United States. And I was really taken with the mission. Um, I liked being the kind of federal prosecutor that protected people against the overreach of companies that really have the power to make life impossible um, for people to deprive folks of economic opportunity. And then in terms of my path to public service, um, I was born in Sudan. Um, I came to this country when I was four years old. 
And uh, not long after uh, we got here, uh, the government dissolved in Sudan. Um, there was a coup. Uh, there was a takeover by a regime that was brutal. And um, that was also deeply misogynistic. And my mother, a brilliant woman, uh, came to this country in hopes of getting an advanced degree and pursuing academia. And so it was no longer safe for us to go home. And so um, we applied for asylum and were incredibly fortunate to get it. And so I feel a deep gratitude to this country for taking in my family at a time when uh, the circumstances were not safe for us to go back. And so um, this this is part of a debt of gratitude that I feel. And, um, you know, the attorney general and his uh, confirmation hearing talked about how serving the public was his highest and best use. And that that really resonates with me. And I think it resonates with a lot of people who work at the Justice Department. Um, in terms of antitrust, uh, I started working at a law firm in New York City and handled an antitrust litigation and was totally hooked. Um, I love the idea of taking on giants. I've never liked bullies uh, my entire life. And so fighting bullies and making sure that uh, we are protecting people when they cannot secure their own economic liberty from corporations that have so much power is um, the thing that gets me up every morning. And I'm really privileged to serve in the Biden-Harris administration um, under this attorney general, under this assistant attorney general, because there is a universal commitment to making sure that there's economic opportunity for all people and that there's market integrity above all and that economic liberty will be part of our effort, uh, as the Constitution says, uh, to form and, and advance our more perfect union. So let me play devil's advocate really quick. What do you say to the people who may say, well, Google is just a search engine that's not doing any harm to anyone. And secondly, do you foresee maybe an open AI or NVIDIA going through this same kind of issue in a few years down the line? So the thing about some monopolies is that they can threaten innovation and threaten opportunities in ways that you can't even conceive. Um, for example, uh, there are people who say that the Justice Department's monopolization lawsuit against Microsoft in the late 1990s may well have paved the way for uh, Google and other uh, tech companies to even take hold. Um, recall that um, the Microsoft enforcement action was about Microsoft allegedly thwarting uh, the ability of competing browsers to uh, uh, offer um, their services on uh, the Windows operating system. In terms of AI, what I find so interesting is that Artificial intelligence is not actually new, right? Artificial intelligence just means um, intelligence that comes from a computer or software as opposed to uh, humans or animals. And so we've had artificial intelligence in one form or another since probably the 1950s, right? So when you think about uh, artificial intelligence, search engines, voice assisted search, um, content recommendation like you get on Netflix, all of that is within the broader umbrella of AI. I think what is different is that in the 2010s, there were um, serious breakthroughs in what's called deep learning. And I think that really supercharged investment in AI 
and uh, the rollout of products that I think are bringing the public into contact with AI, like ChatGPT, for example. Um, it's important to understand what services the ChatGPTs of the world are actually offering. Um, they're built on large language models, right, and particularly foundation models that essentially take in massive, massive quantities of uh, information and data. And so it stands to reason then that the companies that are already crawling and indexing the internet, of which there are actually kind of just two, right? There's Google, um, and you know that because you use Google search, and then there's Microsoft, right? Which um, offers the Bing service. Um, those companies are going to have a leg up in these new frontiers. And, you know, to go back to the question about Google not really um, doing any harm, obviously we filed two lawsuits that, that suggest otherwise. Um, and it would be really a shame if uh, the high watermark of competition and in artificial intelligence um, was actually dictated by the fact that we only have two search companies, for example. Imagine if we had um, nine or 10 or 15 different search engines that were all competing to offer you these next frontier services. So I think that's that's how I think about uh, competition and um, the way that uh, markets are supposed to evolve and the real harms that flow from one company dominating uh, a particular product or service. Yeah, I'd like to talk about now uh, a use case that you guys have actually fought for um, in terms of education. In a few months, there will be plenty of uh, high school seniors that will be graduating and looking to go to college. And the way it usually works is if you, if you don't have money, you have to get financial aid. And financial aid can be something that is just kind of need-based, right? Like people will look at the income of your parents and they'll determine how much they're going to give you. Um, and once you get one quote, it's tough to get a different one from another school. So can you elaborate on what you've done in, uh, as far as the anti antitrust division to kind of combat that and make a difference? Sure. So I don't know about you guys, but uh, I cannot think of anything I've done that is more expensive than buying a house and getting educated. Um, you know, to your point, college seniors are, are graduating. They're going to be excited about colleges that they've gotten into and they are applying for financial aid. There's actually, there used to be rather, legislation that allowed colleges and universities to um, collude on the formula that they were going to use to offer financial aid, so long as they were all need blind. Now, you guys are smart, you're sophisticated, you can probably already see what the problem is, right? If every college and university already knows what the other colleges and universities uh, are using as the formula for financial aid, there's not going to be competition to offer the best aid package to students. And in a world where, or in a country rather, where um, student loan debt is drowning young people and stifling um, you know, the American dream, the ability to buy a home, uh, the ability to maybe take on uh, lower paying public interest jobs um, and so forth is really thwarted uh, by that kind of conduct. Um, and I should say, in addition to the monopolization work that uh, our antitrust laws condemn, um, companies can't fix prices. They can't um, collude by uh, rigging bids um, or allocating markets. And so 
um, this is essentially collusion by another name. And so there was a lawsuit that was filed against a number of colleges and universities saying that the way they were uh, setting these formulas actually violated the antitrust laws. And the Justice Department filed um, an amicus brief, which is a fancy word for um, a kind of friend of the court brief to try to um, illuminate uh, the, the way the law should be applied to that particular lawsuit and took the side of uh, the students who were suing the universities and um, set out a framework for why that formula violates the antitrust laws. And I'm really pleased to say that a number of colleges and universities have actually settled uh, with the college students. And more importantly, Congress has allowed the legislation that even allowed them to collude in the first place uh, to sunset. And so that that group, right, those fixing prices, which we call a cartel, has since been disbanded. And so going forward, colleges and universities are supposed to be competing on the financial aid that they offer young people, which is a good thing and is good news and is an example of how this administration um, and this Justice Department is fighting for people uh, across the country. The college cartel. So the cartel. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. The cartel play. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T dot com. Corient dot com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.